Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. Hello, this is Pastor Julie Lewis, and we are in our series called We Believe, a series on the Apostles' Creed and what it is we believe as Christians and why. Um, And this week we're talking about we believe in the forgiveness of sins. And we have two scriptures this morning, the first from the book of Psalms 103, 8 to 12, and Matthew 6, 14 and 15. So starting in the book of Psalms, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. And in the book of Matthew, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Some of Jesus' last words on the cross. But did they know? Who are they? Is it the people who were instrumental in putting Jesus on that cross? My guess is they knew exactly what they were doing. They were killing him on purpose in one of the most cruel ways available and were standing there watching it. Just like those who take guns into schools or drive cars into crowds of protesters or shoppers, they knew exactly what they were doing and seemed to have no remorse or even a drop of concern for the people whose lives they were taking. More than that, those responsible for Christ's death were probably standing there smiling, feeling as though they had won perverse pleasure in watching him die. Some of those shooters and terrorists who randomly fire into or place bombs to go off in crowds are sometimes shouting for joy as they accomplish their plans. They know what they are doing. Yet Jesus, in the midst of his pain and suffering, calls out to God to forgive them. As Christians, we believe in the forgiveness of sins. We know that. We say that, but what does it mean? How does God forgive us? What does that mean for us, and how is it even possible to forgive those who take such pleasure in causing all that pain and suffering? Can God forgive that? Can we? You shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Before we can talk about forgiveness, 
we first have to talk about sin and what it is. We've talked about sin before and how the word translated sin in the Greek is the word hamartia, which means to miss the mark. God created us in his image, and the mark is to live our lives in the way we were intended and created to live. We were created holy and righteous, meaning that we are to live lives of perfect love, love for God and love for one another. When Adam and Eve made the decision to go another way, the way that put themselves above God, then sin became a part of who they were. Instead of living into the image of God inside them, they were living far off that mark. We call that sin. Sin breaks our relationship with God and with each other. If you want a more succinct definition of sin, we know that someone a long time ago put together a list of what we now call the seven deadly sins. All sins, all the ways we miss the mark of who God created us to be can be narrowed down to one of these. Pride, envy, lust, gluttony, anger, sloth, and greed. Pride causes things like prejudice, bullying, lying. Envy can cause gossip, stealing, overspending, and debt. Lust, adultery, pornography, the abuse of children and women, addictions, power grabbing. Anger can lead to murder, physical and mental abuse, violence and destruction. Sloth is not only a form of laziness, but includes the sins of omission, like overlooking those in need, apathy to the suffering of others, not wanting to get involved and stand up for justice. Greed causes all kinds of sin. Gambling addictions, embezzling, stealing, cheating others, all because we can be very self-focused and have the goal to have more or be more than someone else. We talk about original sin as being the human condition. Once sin came into the perfect world God created, it was passed down from generation to generation, much like this virus is everywhere. We can't see it, but we suffer the effects of it. At some point, even though we don't like to talk about it, that original sin living in us has spurred us on to commit actual sin. Romans 3:23 reminds us that it is who we are. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are all guilty of something. Look around, and we can see the effects of all that sin in the world. Wars that never end. 98% of the world's financial resources belong to 1% of the population, while billions suffer from extreme poverty. Government officials use their power to get what they want and have no regard for the cares and concerns of the people they are supposed to be serving. Mass shootings, rampant sexual abuse, human trafficking, growing homeless populations, unjust and biased legal systems, and we could go on and on. Yeah, we know what we're doing, even when it's only turning a blind eye to what's happening. And God knows, too. Sometimes I look in anguish at the lives turned upside down by the sins of others. And I wonder if God feels the same kind of anguish when we sin, when we miss the mark and turn away from who God created us to be. 
I imagine that he does. Because what parent who holds their child lovingly in their arms says, I hope you fall prey to drug addiction. I will be so happy when I see you in jail for embezzling. I will be so proud when I see you on the news after walking into a school and shooting everyone. See, God doesn't want us to sin. That's not his plan for us. He wants the best for us, created us to be the best. He knows that sin has its consequences. And because he loves us, God doesn't want that for us either. Romans 6.23 reminds us the wages of sin is death. And that isn't necessarily physical death, although it can lead to that. But death in that sin separates us from God, who is the source of all life. It affects our life with each other. When we sin against each other, it can kill our relationships. How many of you can remember a time when someone did something that changed your relationship with them forever? Maybe it was broken trust. Maybe causing you a lifetime of fear and anxiety. Maybe causing financial ruin. Maybe so much hurt and pain that you can't even Look at them without it bubbling all back up. Sin can kill who we are, our identity. Most of us dream of what we will be when we grow up or grow old, making plans to live a certain kind of life, yet sin can kill those plans. Instead of becoming a successful business leader or parent, we become a drug addict on the street with no friends, estranged from our families. Instead of being a good person in the community, we live out our lives in jail, away from our loved ones. Since sin never delivers what it promises, we can fall into despair and find ourselves wanting to cut short the life that God has given us. And sometimes that happens. And over time, sin can lure us so far away from what God intended that we become what the world will say is evil. Sin has that kind of power. It's deadly. And it lives in each one of us. Something that we can't even see on on our own. We have no power to control. So what can we do? Well, to be honest, there's nothing we can do. We like to think we can choose to be good people, that we can help ourselves. Let's hear it for the thousands of self-help books out there. By making good choices. We choose not to take that money that isn't ours. We avoid the attraction we feel to a married colleague. We take a deep breath instead of yelling at someone. But the thing is that we can only keep that up for so long, and sin will eventually have its way in us at some point, no matter how hard we try. If you take a good look back at your life, I'm sure you can remember a time when you knew the right thing to do, but still did the opposite. Paul says it best in Romans 7, 19. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. It's the human condition. And when we are aware of our sin, we feel guilt. This is God's way of helping us know right from wrong. Sin may be in us, but so is the image of God. And guilt reminds us when we fail to live up to that image. Guilt can weigh on us like a burden. 
It can feel like a heavy chain that we can't put down. God knows we can't overcome the power of sin on our own, so he sent Jesus. God came to earth in the flesh to walk among us, to show us how to love each other and what it means to live the way we were created to live. He loves us so much that he made a conscious decision to find a way to release us from the burden of sin. See, the word forgive literally means to release. Jesus chose to carry the burden of all sin to the cross. Our psalm tells us, as far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions or sins from us. Why? Because the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God loves us unconditionally. That's called grace. We didn't do anything to deserve it or earn it, yet God carried our sins to the cross and released us from that burden. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. The they is us, all of us. Yes, the people who put Jesus on the cross knew they were killing him, but what they didn't understand is that they were killing themselves at the same time. His love compelled him to forgive, to release us, to save us. But that forgiveness, although available to every human being everywhere, isn't just some sort of get-out-of-jail-free card. It's a gift, a free gift, for all those who see their need for it, acknowledging their sin, and repenting. And to repent means to turn around. It means that instead of walking in the way that misses the mark God intended for us, that we turn around and begin to walk in the direction of God, the direction God showed us, living a life of love. We know what that looks like because of Jesus. Instead of pride, envy, and all those other sins, we live lives that reflect the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, faithfulness, kindness, self-control. Repent. Ask for forgiveness and use the power God gives us through the Holy Spirit to resist sin in our lives, being released from the burden of sin. It's so easy. When we don't believe God can or will forgive us, we hang on to that burden. Do we really think God won't forgive us when he went to such extremes to free us from that burden? We serve a God of mercy and grace, not a God of judgment and punishment. If we believe that, we can receive his forgiveness and let him release us from the burdens we carry because of sin. 
However, God's forgiveness may release us from the personal burden that we carry, but it can't and won't release us from the consequences of sin. Remember, sin has a cost. It damages relationships, affects what happens in our lives and in the lives of others. God's forgiveness doesn't get us out of jail when we commit a crime. It doesn't restore a marriage broken by adultery or abuse. It can't bring someone back to life. That's why when we have received God's forgiveness, we must learn to forgive ourselves and forgive others. Jesus says that if we want to be forgiven, we must forgive others. The greatest commandment is to love God and love our neighbor. We're all in this together. We are all part of one another, whether we like it or not. But how do we do that? And what does it mean to forgive someone else? What does it mean to forgive, say, the one who caused the death of your child? The one who stole all your money, who beat you every day and almost killed you before you left. The one who bullied you so much that you have struggled every day to keep on living. Does it mean saying, oh, it's all good, I forgive you, and we'll act like it never happened. Now go and sin no more. Sometimes we think that, right? But of course it doesn't mean that. How can we forget things that hurt us like that? Remember that to forgive means to release. See, when we hold on to the pain caused by someone else's sin, we are just as weighed down with the burden of that sin. We are weighed down with pain and resentment, and it can and really does lead to physical and mental illnesses. Someone once said, and it's so true, holding on to resentment is like drinking poison and hoping the other person gets sick. Forgiving others releases us from the burden of their sin. Forgiving someone is not the same as saying it's okay, let's forget about it. God will never say our sin is okay. Yet God loves us enough to release us from that burden. Sin has its consequences and our forgiveness doesn't release anyone from those consequences. There still may be jail time. There still may be divorce and broken relationships. Forgiveness may allow reconciliation, but we all know that when trust is broken, it takes time to restore it. Forgiving someone doesn't mean it's okay to put ourselves into situations that are dangerous or abusive. It simply means you have released someone from the guilt and shame. You have released yourself from the burden on your soul, not the consequences. It never gives someone the go-ahead to keep on sinning, but it opens the door for them to receive the forgiveness of God and to be restored to the person God created them to be. God gave us Jesus to save us from our sins, all of them, all of us. His death gave us power over sin instead of sin having power over us. That means that by the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, we have the power to do what is right. We really can't do it on our own. We need God living in us to do it. And we can only have that ability by faith in Christ, saved by grace through faith. 
When we repent and turn back to God, living the lives God created us for, we are set free from those chains of sin. And when we forgive others, we lay down the burden of bitterness and pain. Sometimes it takes a while to let go of all of that. And sometimes forgiveness is an everyday choice. But then, you know, it's easy to only see the sins, the terrible things that someone does, and not to look beyond them to see how they got there. See, we know that most child abusers were themselves abused as children. We often forget that. We know that bullies tend to be people who feel unloved and inadequate in the eyes of others. Maybe they were bullied themselves. We know that our apathy and stigmas surrounding mental health issues keeps people from getting the care they need until something evil happens. See, when sin happens, we can point fingers or we can ask the question, where did we, as people of God, miss the mark with this person that landed them here? How are we as a society, culpable in what has happened. As Christians, are we loving God and our neighbors as ourselves to bring them into the kingdom of God, to know they are loved and needed, to show them the grace available to them through faith? How have we missed the mark when jails are overflowing and crimes against humanity are rising like wildfire? Can we, as God's people, forgive As we know in our hearts, we have been forgiven even when the sin, the crime, has terrible consequences. Can we see all human beings as people forgiven on the cross, worthy of the love of God and the sacrifice of Jesus' life? Can we release those who have sinned against us from the terrible burden of sin? God did. If we believe in the forgiveness of sins, then we can too. So what about you? Are there burdens you are carrying because of your own sins? Things you believe God won't forgive? I assure you that God forgives all. That's what the cross was for. Receive that grace. Receive that freedom. Be released now. Don't wait. Is there someone you need to forgive? To release from that burden and give yourself release from bitterness and anger. It's hard sometimes, and it may take some time, but through the grace of God, we can act on what we believe. Let God release you from those burdens. Take a moment in your heart right now to ask God to forgive you or to help you forgive someone else. We believe in the forgiveness of sins. It's time to act on what we believe. Be forgiven and forgive. Be set free.
be released. Amen.